Hey family, thank you for tuning back into Our Roots Podcast with Joseph Babai Fa, where only the strongest roots see the light, brought to you by Botanica Candles and more. If you haven't had the opportunity, please be sure to like, comment, share, and subscribe to the channel. Really excited about today's episode. Um, someone that is very dear to our spiritual home and has accomplished quite a lot in a very short amount of time in this spirituality, uh, please join me in welcoming the author of Lukumi ABCs, Miss Ashley Gamry. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me once again. Bendicione, Mihala. Definitely, we're, we're very excited about today's conversation, especially with the uh, piece of literature that you're, you've come out with. Um, so, but before we get into, you know, all of those things, we definitely want to get into your backstory to kind of, you know, uh, present to uh, the people who you are, where you're from, and what led you um, to taking these uh, these steps within within literature. So, um, where are you from? Yes, of course. Let's start there. Uh, originally from Brooklyn, my family. Now, I get it from both sides. So, I have my mom, who's Puerto Rican. Her father came from Spain, and then I have my dad who's Trinidadian. So spirituality was kind of just always around the folklore and all the stories, but it's just something that was always hush-hush growing up, um, especially in Brooklyn. You know, you see it a lot in the botanicas, but you walk in, nobody looks at each other. They buy what they need to buy, and, you know, they get out. <laughs> yeah, you keep it moving. You know, no one wants to recognize anybody because Lord knows why they're there. So it's it's botanica politics to say the the least and the best. So what were some of those first experiences? Was it a botanica? Did you ever see anything at home? Was there an aunt? Um, what was that first exposure like? Oh, man, it was my grandmother. Uh, my grandmother had a huge altar, her and my uncle with the statues. And as a little girl, I always used to love playing in that room. Didn't know why until now. But that was always like my play spot. And it was like, okay, you know, but don't touch anything. But, you know, the rock guy, you can talk to him. You can give him stuff. You can take the candy. But everything else, don't touch. And that's when I first, I guess, seen the religion. Um, and then, of course, going into the botanicas with my mom. You know, you're a little kid. You're looking around at all these shelves, all these cool things that you can't touch. Um, and I remember going there, and there was this drum like bigger than me and I wanted it so bad didn't know what it was for I just was like this is a toy store and my mom was like no you can't have that you know that's special you know you you can't and it's like it was this thing that's like oh why why can't I have that and then the secrecy kicked in and it made me even more curious <laughs> no that makes perfect sense because usually we want what we can't have or people say we can't have so um, at what point do you start or around what age do you start saying, Hey, I'm really interested in this and start delving deeper. And, you know, what were your first, uh, experiences as far as like what you found out about, like when you actually found out about Santeria, you know, what drove you to that? And what were you thinking once you're like, Oh my God, this is a whole religion. Well, it started a lot with dreams. I would always have a lot of dreams that I would tell my mom. And then I remember telling her a few when I was younger, they would get ignored. But as I became a teenager, I started telling her a few that she was like, oh, okay, something's up here. And then she would take me to get readings. 
And then from the readings came, oh, you know, she needs a bath, she needs this. Everyone always kind of tiptoed. No one really practiced the religion on a daily basis. It was always when an emergency came up, which is unfortunate because a lot of a lot of people live that way. Uh, so it was around those teenage years when I started just emotionally up and down and the dreams were up and down and dark where I was like, okay, this is what the family practices. And we go to this lady and we get read and she tells us what to do and what baths to buy. And then I always used to just go for a checkup, but never would go routinely to be like, okay, what's next? What do I got to do? When was the first time you heard about Yemaya? <laughs> it was a beautiful reading I had with, God bless her, an older lady, Doña Ana. I don't know why we went to the Bronx, because people from Brooklyn don't usually go to the Bronx. But no, she must have been really good. Yeah. <laughs> we went to the Bronx to see her, and she was legit. And um, she just was talking to me, reading, and she's throwing the cards down, and she gets this smile on her face. And whenever anybody's getting a reading and the person starts smiling or laughing, you're like, oh, this side, you know, good or bad. Mm. And she was just like, I see Yemaya walking with you. I see you dancing in the beach. And she was just like, watch. Like, watch. And I'm like 16. I'm like, that's it, watch? But then hearing Yemaya, I was like, okay, now I got to find out more about who that is. And then... I go and I'm like, I didn't even realize, this is how much I was in it, but not in it. One of the statues that I had actually taken from my grandmother was a Yemaya statue. The the one where she's in the water with her hands open. I think the Lady of the Stars. Yeah, some people call her like La Diosa del Mal or they synchronize her sometimes with like the Olokun energy as well. Very popular image and you know, you. People have those kind of experiences all the time. It's almost chilling, but in a good way. We're like, oh, my God, I was always right next to it. But sometimes until someone opens your eyes, you're kind of blind to it. Like, wow, you know, it was right there the whole time. And that actually happened to me with Oshun as well. I remember the first interaction I had with anything Ifa Santeria was actually with a Caridad de Cobre or Our Lady of Charity statue. And I was so drawn to it. Um, and then she ends up actually being my Orisha later. Um, you know, you being a daughter of Yamaya. How do you feel like that, even though you were a mother before you knew, how do you feel like now the, the, the comparables or the correlations are um, between you and your, your style of motherhood? Or how much does that influence you as a mother now, knowing that um, Yemaya is your Orisha? It's funny that you say that, because looking back at it now, I was always that kid that was kind of mothering. Like I was mothering my mother whenever she was down or one of my brothers was hurt. I was always kind of tending to them. It's like anywhere I saw like a hole or or something where somebody needed, it's like I would have to go like fill it so that everybody would be okay. Now that I'm actually a mother, it's an overprotective instinct that like I had then with family and now it's just amplified because it's like your heart is out of your chest and you have to protect this thing you created. And it just, knowing that Yemaya is my mother gives me the confidence that I'm gonna be the best mother to my kids because how can I not? I have her backing me. So any little dream or something that has to do with my kids, I take it to heart so much because she, she knows 
that that will get me to pay attention. And any warning that she has for me is like, oh, I gotta listen to mom, especially when it comes to my family and my babies. No, definitely. And and you know, knowing your Odu, um, you know, there's there's actually literature there that that speaks of the um the relationship that comes from the process of you know, pregnancy and the relationship between the mother and the, and the fetus and the interactions they would even have before the child was born. Um, so you know, it's right up Yemaya's alley. And then apart from that, leading up to, you know, the, the real uh, focus of the conversation now, you know, even in your Odu, it speaks, it's one of the Odus or signs where, you know, Ifa was first written down as literature, you know, so that we wouldn't forget it or we'd be able to, you know, uh, create a compendium for further generations to be able to, guide themselves upon. So what really motivated you towards writing the book? That's crazy because I didn't even, um, I didn't put all those pieces together until you said it. What made me want to write the book was after I got initiated, I received my model there, Rula, from you, of course. Thank you mm -hmm. so much. Buru, of course. Uh, it was just like, wow, this has been missing my, my whole life. Like, where would I be if I knew? Where would I be if you know, I had those dreams and I wasn't afraid of the things that I saw. If everything kind of made more sense and if it was something I could have asked my family about and got answers, where would I be now? And I don't want my kids to be afraid. They have their own gifts that I can already see, you know, coming out of them at such a young age. I don't want them to ever be afraid of something that loves them and is going to protect them and that only wants their best interests. So that's why I really wanted a book, just something basic, something fun, maybe more for the parents where they're like, oh, my God, yeah, you know, I know what that is. And their kids can at least see it in the home in a good way where it's not like, Gondio, like Shh, don't, don't, don't let them see that, don't do that. And it just makes them curious and afraid because you fear what you don't understand. And I didn't want my kids or the future generation to have that fear. No, um, my daughter really enjoyed it thoroughly. I mean, the illustrations in it are actually very nice. I mean, um, not to, I guess, put too much out there, but the issue that's on the uh, the front cover, you know, I finally recognized it. I think that's the issue I gave you um, when you actually got initiated, if I'm not mistaken. So it was really nice the way everything was kind of laid out. And I, I really appreciated it because Ifa begins from young. I mean, when we look at the process of becoming a Bawalawo or Olorisha, you know, sometimes we get to this culture a little bit later, where over there you see sometimes seven-year-old priests just walking around, even though they're still going through their apprenticeship and learning and all these other things. Um, you know, they're still involved in the culture daily. They're digesting it. They're learning. Um, so it's, it's really important that we have resources like this to expose to our children so that even if they're not taking on that full oath right now or delving into that coursework, as heavily, they at least know who they are and where their uh, their ancestors came from or their practices. So what effect do you think literature like this or exposing our children to, you know, our culture such as Ifa Orisha, what positive effect do you think it could have on our community and I guess ultimately the world as we kind of expand? My my dreams and my goals is for it to have a great positive effect because anytime you see a piece of you out there, even though it's, you know, mainstream and what mainstream decides to do with it, you know, that's on them. But every time you see a piece of representation of you and your culture out there, it just kind of solidifies, like gives you a foundation of like, yeah, we're here. 
like, oh yeah, we're just going to be looking books for kids and you're going to see it in Barnes and Noble. You're going to see it on Amazon because we're out here and it's, we're not in the shadows anymore. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, do we still have to have our secrecy? Yes, of course, because that's what makes everything so beautiful. Uh, but at least it would be kind of seen in a more delicate light. We're like, oh, look, it's Eshu. And yeah, he's clean in the cover, but you might see him in somebody's house a little dirty, and that's okay. It was very important for me to have Eshu on the cover, I tell you, because to me it was like, with Eshu on the cover, it will travel the world because he's everywhere. Yeah. And he's a face that everybody knows. So I really wanted to kind of like bring him back in a mainstream light instead of, you know, what you might see in him in some like old movies. I remember back in the day, um, damn, I wish I could think of the name of the movie now. But I just pretty wanted, I wanted to show a positive image of our religion, something that's easily digestible for adults and for kids. And I hope it will just go far. No, definitely. And you have, and you know, it's, it's very exciting to see the effect it's going to have, especially with our faith being represented in a positive light, um, for one, one of few occasions. Um, you know, what effect has Ifa had on you, Ashley? I mean, you now, you know, sacrificing your time and energy to, to create this piece of literature in a very selfless way, ultimately, um, regardless of whatever you garner as far as sales, I mean, to, to, to take the time and organize and compile for children. I mean, there's nothing short of honor there, but what, what are some of the positive effects Ifa has had on you? You know, how has Ifa changed your life and possibly even saved it like it has for so many of us? Man, Ifa, it's like my life is, is kind of like upside down, but in a great way. Even before my initiation, things were just going like awry. I'm like, what is going on? I must... And I knew, like, must be something good coming for all these problems to come, to come out of the woodwork. And then afterwards, it was just like evolution took off because getting my mano de arula was like a pathology report, a horoscope. Like, I pretty much got to learn about myself in ways that no reading has ever, like, really delved, you know, deep on. So for that and to see, like, I used to be anxiety ridden, had my depressive moments, but now it's just this kind of light and this like hope and faith that keeps me going that even when I have my anxiety, it kind of like overrides that because I know it's temporary. And just the transformation is like night and day. Ask anybody who, who knows me, they're like, oh my God, ever since she's completely different. She's more outgoing and happy and it's just like a breath of fresh air just got like put back into my body so i mean with as far as like the the books and things like that are we planning on coming out with more installations maybe different themes or are you possibly going in a completely different direction after this oh no 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 same same type of themes but what i would love to do is you know because this is like my love letter to Ifa for for saving my life i didn't forget about that story because that's a, that's a story um my love letter to Ifa would include books of patakis for children because some of the stories are you know kind of rated r and some yeah, are kind intense. of pg yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if i can take the lesson there at least my you know interpretation of the lesson and 
dial it down so that a kid can understand and still get to know the personality, the you know, the human characteristics that we put on the energies, so they can become more comfortable with like, oh, okay, Ogun is this type of energy, and Yamaya is like this, and Chango is the party. It will just help them when they get bigger to understand how to work with those energies. So that's that's the next step for for my my journey as an author. Awesome. Yeah, it's good to know that more things are coming, and we'll be sure to put obviously your contact information and and all of the links uh, pertaining so that people can get their hands on this stuff to begin exposing it to the kids. Um, how did Ifa save your life? Well, it all started with. I want to say Eshu and Oshun. So I've always had issues, um, which it's in my Odu, of um, like I've had ovarian cysts before growing up. So there's always a lot of feminine, you know, issues where you have to go get your checkups constantly. Now I was healthy, feeling fine. And then time goes on and it starts with my son waking up from a dream. Telling me, mommy, mommy, there's two waters. I'm like, what? At the time, two waters. I'm like, okay, okay, buddy, okay, two waters. Time goes by. There's a two waters botanica. That's the name of it that opens up where I live. Wow. I, I see the sign. I'm like, oh, I gotta go. I walk in, and it was like I've been here before, like deja vu. And I'm like, looking around and everyone's looking at me like this i probably had like the weirdest look on my face start talking to the owner and he's looking at me and you could tell when when you've been around the religion long enough you can tell when someone's looking at you and it's like they don't know how to say something but they really want to say something like yeah, something's like sticking a, at them it's like you're, you're getting read but they don't want to read you but they can't help it but when how do we yeah it's it's, it's an awkward moment sometimes yes so once that awkward silence broke he goes, you know, with all respect, when's the last time you've gone to the doctor? And then, like, he, like, points. And I'm like, last year? Why? I think you should get a checkup. I'm like, okay. I took that very seriously because it was June. Mind you, I'm not even good with the feast days. I think it was June 13th because I remember looking and I was like, oh, wow. It was St. Anthony, which to me is, like, SU. It was the feast day. So I'm like, okay, maybe that's a message. You know what? Get a checkup, Ashley. I go to get the checkup. Abnormal cells. We want you to see a specialist. So like now I'm like freaking out. Like what the hell? I was feeling fine. And even the doctor's like, you have no symptoms? Because it's, it's, it's really severe. Like, what, excuse me? Oh, wow. No, I don't have any symptoms. I'm fine. He goes, oh, okay, we don't. Thank God that you came in. So I'm like, oh my God. Okay, so now I find out I'm sick. My initiation is next month. Something was just like, actually be calm. Because if they're gonna give you this information, they're gonna give you the solution, right? They're not just gonna let you just rot. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, okay, I go back to the guy and I just wanna say, you know, oh, thank you so much for your reading. Yep, the doctor's appointment, you were right. I have my follow-up, you know, thank you. Not giving too much because you can't give too much because then people will know how to use it against you. So you, you know, keep it. some things close. And then he goes, oh, you know, I'm so happy that, because Ochun wouldn't let me. He said, Ochun? He's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm crowned Ochun. My wife is crowned Yamaya. That's why we're two waters. Oh. I'm like, oh, okay. 
fast forward. Now I know, issue, helping me out. Okay, boom. During my ceremonies, and I don't know if you guys noticed, I was like all in it. Because to me, I'm in Ochun's house. Sure. I have you there. But oh, yay. I'm like, this is Ochun. This is Ochun filled home. I'm going to soak in every moment of this. And then after, because even in initiation, you didn't bring up anything about me being sick, which I was like, okay, is that a good thing, a bad thing? You know, I didn't know how to take it. And then when I go to get my visit with the specialist, this is how subtle and how beautiful Orisha and spirituality and Espiritismo, because they were all there. This is how it works. So subtly, but so in your face. The doctor that they send me to, big, tall, white man, looks white, but it's because he has impedigo, where the, the skin after a while lightens up. Maybe vitiligo, I believe it is. Vitiligo. Yeah, I don't know what impedigo is. I have to look that up later. Vitiligo. But I'm like, okay, you know, I, I see the, you know, that he was a man of color. And I'm like, oh, all right, cool. And then I look at his name, because mind you, they just send me somewhere. I don't really look at the doctor. His name is Francisco Dueño. So I see this tall man, minority, but he looks white to me because he has the skin disease. Last name Dueño, and he has a big statue of Yemaya and a palm, like from Palm Sunday cross right next to his desk. Oh. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, this is Yemaya telling me it's gonna be okay. Looking at him, I saw San Lazaro just because of the way his built was. And the name Dueño, I'm like, Dueño, Dueño. If it wasn't for your YouTube channel and all your teachings, I would have never have remembered that. What is Babaluaye? What does that name mean again? His name? It's the owner of Earth. He's the master of Earth, yeah. The Dueño. And then with Francisco, it reminded me of my Francisca. So it was just like the calm that came over me in that room. And then he does his exam. Two weeks later, a week later, hey, you know, God bless, everything was fine. I don't know what they saw. You're all good, you know, but oh. come back in six months. And then since then, I've been, God bless, I've been good. So that is the moment where I'm like, wow, Ifa really stepped in and saved my life. And they let me know they were there in the most subtle, most beautiful way that I can tell somebody else and they're like, oh, Ashley, that's too you know, you're, you're crazy. I'm like, it's so many coincidences that in my heart, you can't take that away from me. No, that's definitely a beautiful account. And that's happened before because what happens is he focus on focuses on what is imperative, right? So when you go through a holy thought process and we really don't focus or touch on sickness or health or anything like that, it can be very confusing and sometimes uh, a little disheartening. Like, does anybody know what I'm going through? Does anybody care? Um, usually when things like that occurs, because it's already been resolved, even outside of our knowledge. Um, so it happens all the time where people go through and even though things aren't spoken about, it's usually because they're going to resolve, you know, from the ceremony in itself. You know, if always makes us focus on that, which is coming, especially if we're going to move on from what we're focusing on to be able to focus on what, what is to come, you know what I'm saying? All the other themes that we were able to speak about with you. 
you know, so it, it is miraculous. Ifa has this thing, you know, with the amount of medicines that are given to you during the ceremony, the process you're going through, the, the orishas you're receiving, I mean, it's, it's, it's countless. So I, I have a question, you know, especially after going through a situation that, you know, could, could affect us internally from a feminine standpoint. How has your experience in the Lukumi Fa Santeria system been as a woman? I love it. <laughs> I've, I've always felt empowered the whole entire time. Um, everything has a time and a place and every person has a role to play. And there's never one moment where I was, I felt like, oh, well, I want to do this. Like, why can't I do this? It's always been this kind of just understanding, like, it's not my, it's not my role. There's never been like, oh, I want to sacrifice. Why can't I? It's, I've never had that. I don't even know what you would call it. I just, I've always felt empowered the whole time being a woman in this religion. And no one has ever made me doubt that or question that. In fact, I think people kind of not fear women more, but they look at, they look at a woman like, ah, uh, you know a lot. You have a lot behind you. I ain't gonna mess with you too much because you're probably seeing it right through me. It's like I've noticed that more than um, anything negative about being a woman in this religion. Well, that's why the education process is so important because when you look at something as children or as women, these are the most precious things we have in nature. Not to say men are not valuable or precious, but you know the, our whole base of existence is based on women procreating and the preservation of our children. So the education process process is key because as Bawalawos, we have to make sure that our community is up to par as well from an education standpoint so that we don't get lost, so that we don't get disoriented, taken advantage of. Um, so th that's very key there that, you know, that education process has happened for you to be able to, to progress and see the benefits of it. How, how important would it be for you or how, you know, positive would it be to you to, to see your kids ultimately get initiated and, and practice Ifa as well? Just being the mother that you are, being the practitioner that you are, what, what level of gratification would come from that? Just seeing your kids, you know, begin to walk the path, you know, a little more formally. Man, nothing would make me happier. I'm trying not to force it on them. I'm really, I'm really not. I'm trying, but they just, they see it in the house. And so they, they see things and they want to participate. And so I'm just kind of encouraging that where like my daughter can come into my altar and she will turn things around. And I just look at it as like, you know what? You might know more than me <laughs> because all the secrets are still in your head. You're still young enough to remember what was going on up there. So if you want to do something, I go ahead. If I feel a certain type of way, I'll change it afterwards. But it would mean the world to me if they would just continue on just because I know how good it's done for me and that I know they will, I'll always be watching over them, that's for sure. But I just know they'll they'll be okay. Like they'll be set, like with a Rumila issue, like no fear, like they'll be good in life. And I will be able to just breathe a little easier as a mom. <laughs> No, definitely. And, and another dynamic with you that, that is interesting is um, you actually received um, Ifa um, on a singular basis, you know, as far as, you know, your partner not being initiated at the same time or as well. Um, how has Orumila positively affected 
um, your relationship in that regard? And more importantly, you know, how is it, how has the process been, especially being with somebody from a completely different walk of life, you know, introducing them to the concepts of Ifa? How has it been received? Because a lot of people are interested in that because you have people that are, are initiated that their part, partners aren't. You know, some may, some may not. But how has your personal experience been as far as introducing your beliefs to your partner? It happened slowly. Um, before I got initiated, we were together and he saw like my little statues and I would do my little things every once in a while and kind of like, okay, you know, it was dulled down. It's not amplified like the way it is now. So he got, he, he saw it, it wasn't hidden from him. And then whenever, you know, he had his little issues, I'll be like, oh, so what's going on with you at work? What's happening? What's their name? And then he would, <laughs> he would see, you know, and he'd be like, what did you do? I'm like nothing, nothing that should, you know, I just talked to them. And he goes, okay. And then fast forward to me getting initiated, he's still like hands off at this point in time, but he's very supportive. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna drive you there. I'm gonna make sure you're safe. I'm gonna walk you into the house. And then I'm gonna go leave and stay in the Airbnb because I don't know what y'all gonna do. But he's always been supportive. But now that a whole year has gone by and he seems to change, it's kind of like, not a jealousy, but it's just like a, hey, you know, maybe, maybe I wanna get into that because I see what it did for you. And I, I think I might need some of that. And it, sometimes they just take somebody seeing for themselves um, the path they want to take. And you shouldn't force it on anybody. If you're in a relationship and the person isn't interested, just leave them be. Let them learn through you. Let you be an example to them about how the religion is practiced, what it means, how it's done. And I have faith that eventually people will come around because how could you not? It's kind of, in my opinion, it's a little contagious. Ifa. <laughs> At least that's how it was for me. So it's rubbing off on him. Everybody in my family now is coming back home into the practice. So that's my only advice for, for couples. Just let them see the progress through you. Don't, you know, just hound it down their throat. No, I think the, the one thing we can't argue with is results and progress and, and things are much better seen than heard. So when we can be an example to our family, and they can see that progress and change and elevation within us. It, it is contagious. Ifa is intoxicating in all the right ways, whether it's the music, whether it's the culture, um, you know, or, or just the results and the progress. You see how we were before and benchmark that compared to who we are or what we're becoming. It's usually a positive upswing, especially if you're with the right people. So the most satisfying thing as a partner is seeing your partner excel with whatever philosophy um, benefits them. So that, that's really awesome that you were able to share that. Um, I, I, because of your Odu, um, you know, what does the music of Ifa kind of do for you or mean to you? And, um, you know, how was how that a drawing factor um, towards the religion and spirituality? Man, um, I love the music. Even the old songs from... Um Oh man, like Selena Irutulio, I think it's how you say the name right. Like my Spanish is not very good looking. Um, but even those old songs, hearing them growing up, Querida Chango, like we're always in the house. So it's like I got used to those. And then when I started listening to real Ifa-centric 
you know, music that's speaking in Yoruba, it like just every sensation, it just lightens me up, makes me want to dance, makes me want to spin. It just re-energizes me to the point where now I start to make it a routine to always leave music in the house playing. At some some room always has to be some type of like drumming, beating, some rattling going on because it's just so comforting. It just makes me feel like like I'm at home. And I think that's where it all goes back to me falling in love with the drum when I was a little girl. It like it all makes sense now that I'm older. Definitely. You get those confirmations and it definitely has a healing property to it. Um, what, what's next for you? Um, apart from like, you know, the literature and the professional things you have going on, what are some of your spiritual goals coming up? What are you really focusing on? Um, you know, as far as accomplishing coming, coming in the near future, is it more mediumship? Is it possibly crowning? Is it, you know, are we, what directions are we kind of seeing ourselves going in? Definitely, definitely working towards crowning. Um, I've been blessed with so much this past year. Um, and just having an understanding of who I am now, I know that there's some steps that I might have to take before crowning, which is fine. My old is very complex and has a lot of moving pieces, but, but I love it and it's exciting. So my plan is to just work towards each and one of those goals. My mediumship I've been working on, you kind of say daily because Egun's always there and you have to learn to differentiate like your thoughts and their thoughts. So that's kind of what I've been working on lately. Um, it's funny, uh, as time goes on, you know, your gifts develop, but you kind of just, you underestimate the own power within you. And lately more and more I'm seeing that like, the more faith I have in myself and my orishas, the more my spiritual gifts are coming out and I'm actually able to use it. Now, not in the monetary sense yet, but, Anytime I feel like I can help somebody, I step in and I do. And to know that I'm seeing results, is like, okay, I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right thing. I'm just taking my time with it because I see the way you work, Padrino. I see the way Erica works. And it's very time consuming. So I just want to be able to juggle it all. And then on, on top of that, I taught myself day trading. So that's a whole other thing that like has to do with my Odu where I'm learning how to make money in a different way. And I want to eventually get to the point where I can teach people to make money. So that's another thing that I'm working on. Well, that's really exciting because that's definitely a, a topic of interest now. Like people looking into more um, passive ways to generate income. And, you know, the stock market is such a, enticing thing but it is very complicated um you know or complex being able to understand what to do when to do it how to do the right thing um so definitely we're, we're excited about that progress with you as well because that could be a whole nother episode um as far as uh you know finances which is you know really big with us being so entrepreneurial and ifa have a very having a very entrepreneurial characteristic as well so I ask you, um, you know, do you have a final message or some final thoughts for our viewers um, or anything you'd like to leave them with, you know, as far as your, you know, views, experiences or anything you want to say to them as far as, you know, accomplishing their goals, especially with the year you recently had? Um, 
I had this epiphany the other day that I would like to share. Sometimes we sit and we we wait for things to kind of happen, you know, or we like, oh man, things are really down on my luck. Let me go take a bath for, for luck, right? Or a money bath or a money candle. And what I learned is that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Gotcha. That if you you want to be lucky, right? Lucky, abundant. You got to work for it and you got to prepare for it because Orisha might put you in that spot. But if you weren't prepared, you're not going to stay there long or you're going to embarrass yourself when you're there. So just keep on working to be prepared and the blessings and opportunities will come. Just be patient and work up a sweat because they like to see you sweat in order to give you your blessing. So just hang in there and just be prepared. No, it's a really amazing message. And I believe that. I believe victory is in the preparation. And luck is what we make of it through our preparation, like you mentioned. And, um, you know, we're really excited, obviously very proud of all of your accomplishments, um, you know, and especially with this book and all the things you have coming forward. Um, it's very exciting, um, the prospect of your progress and how many lives um, you're going to affect positively through what you're doing. So um, from all of us here at the house, congratulations and thank you for a wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank you. No, I can't wait to be back with more more news and more exciting right. things to share to help the community in any way, My shape, bad. or form. Absolutely. So uh, definitely, guys, a um, couple uh, final notes, um, you know, before we go ahead and disconnect. I mean, all of the links to be able to purchase Lukumi ABCs um, by Ashley are going to be in the description, her contact information as well. Um, as far as us and the channel, um, yeah, hold the book up again, Ashley. Hold it up again so they can see it right there on hey, the screen. Of course, gotcha. Yeah, please. I'm actually in the book. I mean, I got mentioned there. So it's, it's yeah, very nice. I had to. It's wonderful. <laughs> Definitely great illustrations and very captivating for the young mind. Um, Joe, we, we got shout outs. Oh, we're gonna do we have elevator music today, Phil? Guess what is back? Oh, thank God. <laughs> all right, folks. Thank you all for watching this episode. Ashley, you're a, a great, great guest, and I'm so happy for you sure yeah definitely okay so vips we got some shout outs this week if you guys are um not members you can join we have extra content for you guys and a whole plethora of perks for you to join our channel get in there so let's do some shout outs here we got vips we got this is a long name here so we got Juju Ogunda Yekun Koki all right Ogunda Yekun hey they upgraded thank to you VIP we got Lulu Sprandell. This is seven months as a VIP for them, so congrats. Wow, Lulu, thank you. Junior Nanez, another seven months. And so me, yeah, oh, yeah, my godson, Junior, yeah. We got uh, Alexa De Vivero. Alexa, thank you. Another VIP. And then let's uh, give a shout out to our super fans here. So we got. Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> We got Ogunbi for seven months. Ogunbi, blessings. We got Gilly84 for seven months, super fan. Gilly, thank you. We got Carolyn Muniz. Carolyn. And we got Trinity Young for super fan. So thank you, guys. Appreciate thank you, guys, that. so much. And if you know anybody that can benefit from the channel as well, please let them know about it. The podcast is on all major platforms. It's doing pretty well, very well from an audio standpoint as well. Botanicacandlesandmore.com is up and running and uh, until next time, guys, thank you and see the light.